How's it going, everybody? This is Dailies to Downloads. My name is Chad. With me, as always, is Eric. If you are just getting to know us, if you're listening to us, then uh, we both previously wrote for a website, 411mania.com. Eric is still writing and doing various things with movies. Right, Eric? That's what I tell people. I say, they're like, what do you do? I do various things with movies. <laughs> like, oh, wow. And then I leave it at that. I never, I never go any further. It's on his business card. Various things with movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is what brings us to the table. This is a podcast all about movies. And we are going to start a three-part series on the Saw franchise here. And we are going to start off by talking about Spiral. Uh, but before I do, just so everybody knows, we are now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Initially, this was intended as a visual medium. But uh, if you're not wanting to watch us on YouTube, then you can listen to us. So please do us a favor and check that out. Give us a five-star review if you think we've earned it. But let's get on with our review. So we are reviewing Spiral, and I am going to warn you right up front, there might be a spoiler or two regarding this movie. So if that bothers you, then you might want to not listen. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're still on board... uh, Download us anyway. Download us anyway just so we can have the download. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and, and trust me, we'll, we'll, we'll act it out scene by scene. So even if we do spoil it, you'll still feel like you got the entire movie. That's right. So Spiral was released theatrically May 14th, 2021 by Lionsgate. It is directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, written by Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger, which sounds like a Bond villain name but uh might be an alias i don't know maybe they're not proud of the movie but um but yeah and uh, as of today now we're recording this uh as of may 27th uh grow 16.8 million dollars domestically and 6.7 in other territories for a worldwide total of 23.5 million which might not sound like much but during the pandemic it is a significant sum i would say right yeah I, th- I think the biggest movie so far this year in theaters is Godzilla versus Kong, which is like almost at a hundred million. Right. Which is shocking considering the HBO Max dual release strategy. But yeah, right. 23 for this. Not bad. So this is the ninth installment of the Saw film series. It stars Chris Rocks, Max Mangella, Marissal, Marissal Nichols, and Samuel L. Jackson. And it follows police efforts to stop a jigsaw copycat killer. So that is the bare bones plot here. So before we get into our opinion of the movie, Eric, I know that you said you were going to, I watched it in a different way. So um, Eric, why don't you tell us uh, what it was like revisiting the uh, theaters for the first time in a while? Uh, Well, for me, it was actually very uh, nice because I went on a Saturday very early on a Saturday, maybe like 12 p.m., 12 in the afternoon on a Saturday. Um, and I was I was the only person in the theater. Now, wow. how much of that is connected to the pandemic or how much of that is connected to the movie or the time or whatever, I don't know. Um, I, I was the only person in that auditorium. There were other people in seeing other things. Uh, right. so, so for any reservations I had about going, those were pretty much put to rest as soon as i sat down and looked around 
uh, I think there's like a 600 feet distance between the nearest human being for me. So, uh, so that was kind of cool. I hear that you socially distanced. It was totally socially distanced. Um, and it, it, yeah, it just felt good to be, um, I'm sure this will subside, but like subjected to like the trailers and other kind of things where, right. I, you know, I'm, I, I try to like keep on top of a lot of those things, but you know, through like social media and stuff. Like I'm not always sitting down and watching, you know, trailer by trailer. So there were a few things that I was, became like, what a concept aware of for the first time by sitting there and seeing these trailers, which is something we haven't had uh, over the past year. So, so the actual experience was very normal and I was surprised at how, how easy I kind of fell back into it um, considering being away for over a year. So did you get any concessions? Did they even have concessions offered? I they think they did, but I, I did not. No, I, I realized where I went. I went to a, a Regal cinema uh, locally, right. and um, the box office was closed, and you had to like go to the concession counter inside to buy a ticket. Um, I don't know why that is, but maybe they're just right. cutting costs or, right now. I don't know. That's happened. Um, that's happened in my area too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, I should add that we Eric and I are in New Jersey and New York, so yeah. theaters have not really been open everywhere and uh, at full capacity uh so if you're listening uh in other areas of the country it might be a different story yeah yeah so this is my my first time back and uh and nobody i i will say as you know like i like i always got to stay for the credits at the end and everything yeah and i did feel bad because i mean normally i don't care because i'm like ah they're getting paid to work so they get that i'm just gonna sit here and watch the end of the credits <laughs> but now like i was the only person in the theater and a guy came in who was obviously kind of like waiting for me to get up because he had to like, uh, um, you know, spray my seat down or, or the, oh right 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 you know whatever. So I did feel kind of bad, but I'm like okay, I'm gonna stand up at least, but I'm gonna watch the credits that way so he can I don't know wipe down my seat from from whatever. Uh, like I'm gonna stand up and straddle the chairs that way you can clean mine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, I was like okay, so so I walked to the side while he came up to do that for five seconds and it was ready for the next show um but yeah no it was it was a cool uh having the candy man trailer and like everyone's chanting oh yeah on the screen candy man candy man candy and i was just alone by myself that was pretty you, please tell me you were chanting it by yourself yeah but i was we're still wearing the mask so uh, <laughs> i still respected the non-moviegoers next to me that's i'm glad to hear it um so so yeah i mean i don't know you think this was a weird movie to take a, a stand on in terms of only being released theatrically. I mean, you know, obviously it's made some money, but uh, you know, when you think about movies that are going to lure people back out, this one just happened to be timed during a moment where a lot of mask mandates are being lifted. People are, more people are vaccinated. Somebody in Ohio just won a million dollars for being vaccinated. Let's not go down that road. Yeah, they're offering incentives everywhere. If I was wondering what I was. I wanted to reach out to Leonard. I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Leonard has uh, quit his job. No, it's not. Yeah, million dollars. But, wow. uh, but yeah. So a lot more people are being vaccinated, obviously. So and you know, outcomes spiral. Uh, and you know, I don't know if this was the movie that could be best time to get people really introduced to the theaters. But but you went, and that's exciting. Yeah, and and I think it is a good sign that like. I think there's less on the line with this movie for like a studio. So like this will at least get some people comfortable again. 
the basketball um, movies were being pumped out what felt like every year because they're not super expensive to make they if you've seen all the other movies then you know that they don't always hire like top name celebrities so they don't have to worry about costs there so yeah i mean you're right in that. yeah and i and i think as we're speaking now tonight um bigger horror thing a quiet place part two and the yeah. cruella like so i do think some of those earlier movies saw and i think maybe in one other movie that came out in the past couple of weeks like has maybe getting people a little bit more ready so by the time we get to the fast and the furious movie it'll be more like back to normal in theory um so before we get to these what we think of the movie let's talk about the title for a minute so when you look at all the film franchises out there and the way they've done titles and how they've tried to change things up or bring freshness to it maybe or you know bring a different angle to it and they change the title do you think that they should have just gone with saw nine colon spiral or something to that effect i mean i'm just thinking off the top of my head but do you think because the last one was titled just jigsaw which is like okay you know so i don't know what do you think um do you think do you prefer uniformity or do you not care i do i do prefer uniformity uh but i also kind of like gave up expecting it after, after a certain amount and i feel like yeah with the last one being called jigsaw you can't then go back you can't now say jigsaw part two saw nine or or you know you know like, and it's going to turn into the rambo franchise exactly and wants that Exactly. So once you break away from it, I feel like then you can't go back. And it's, it's just something I've gotten used to since um, right. we started getting like horror remakes and then sequels, but not to the remakes, but to the right. other. For, and it was just like, you know, screw it. Like, there's I no guarantee they're going to go with Saw X next. Yeah, no why more. not? Why not? I mean, it was like Saw 1 through 6, and then 7 was, what, the final chapter? Or, or something or, like or that? Saw 3D, or Saw the final chapter. Yeah, right? yes. So, whatever. I think the title is ri ridiculous, just making it sound uh, biblical. The book of Job, or the book of... Uh, I, I, you know, but I think that's ridiculous. But, but yeah, the, the numerical thing, it is what it is. Right. No, I, I, I agree. So, um, let me start here. So, I had recently rewatched all these films. We'll get to what we think of the whole franchise uh, in a later episode. But uh, as far as this one goes, I have two different really ratings or ways of looking at it. Um, on one hand, if you if I'm viewing this just in terms of the bubble of the franchise itself, I do think that this is an improvement in some areas over some of the recent installments that we've seen. Um, it, there's many things that I think it does better. Darren Lynn Boozman, I, one would, could argue that he's responsible for some of the better moments of the series. So the fact that he's come back to it now is possibly a, uh, a positive thing for some people. Um, so that I view it in one hand in that way, that it's a improvement over some of the, I don't know, lackadaisical installments that we've gotten before this um on the other hand as a movie in general i i would probably just chalk it up to being pretty mediocre overall um and one of the things i think i had a problem with the most is oddly enough one of the things i was excited about and that was when i saw that 
they had finally cast known actors in the police roles, I was like, okay, finally, because usually like you, you can't think of the people who have portrayed these, you know, there's the Donnie Wahlbergs and whatnot, but like the people that have portrayed detectives in this series in the past are not exactly A-listers and that's not a knock. It's just a fact. So when they had Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson and, you know, Max Mangel has been here and there, uh, you know, those are known actors. So I was like, okay, you know, Chris Rock's leading this. It's a serious role. That should be interesting. The first scene, you see a little bit of that Chris Rock humor, like when he's undercover there, but then it totally shifts into a ultra serious role for him. I'll say this, he tries really hard, but in my opinion, it, it becomes overacted simply because he's trying so hard. Um, the best actor, I would say, and he just kind of does his own thing, which is Samuel L. Jackson. The best actor of this film is, you know, we get it with an asterisk. Uh. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not doing anything different than he has done before. Yeah. You know, so it's just Samuel L. Jackson being himself, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, Max Mangel is fine. You know, his role doesn't really have a lot of meat on it for the most part until, you know, it gets nearer to the end, obviously. But uh, what did you think of the acting, Eric, um, as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the biggest when this film was announced, that that casting of the leads, where it was like, what? Why? Would, why would Chris Rock want to do this? And Samuel Jackson, like, I, I'm not getting this. Is this going to be like a comedy version, you know? Um, and that, so that at least gave me some hope because I think Chris Rock is like a big fan of the franchise. That's what I read. And like, he, he just wanted to do this, like, okay. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, it's not what we would say is a typical Chris Rock or Samuel L. Jackson movie. It is a Saw movie that, features Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. And I think that's kind of the mistake, right? Like, I think that's what's kind of sad that I was like, well, I was hoping that they were gonna bring more of their star power and their sway about how the movie goes based on their star power. Right. Uh, but, but no, it's a, it's a Saw movie through and through that just happens to feature them, essentially. Um, and that was disappointing. Um, and yeah, I mean, Chris Rock, I just don't get the point of Chris Rock has so much charisma and charm and to like not use that um and right. he's not he's not like robin williams where he can do ultra serious and also be equally incredible or, or who knows maybe like maybe just like this i i shouldn't judge him based on you know spiral about chris rock's acting abilities and more serious stuff but right it just well, seems yeah, like, you know i mean i i often look forward to comedic actors trying serious roles because I, I, a lot of the times I think that they have more range than they give themselves credit for. But this proves that it's not as easy as it might look sometimes with somebody like a Robin Williams. Um, because, and I mean, the film does them no favors either. But, right. you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, so uh, yeah, I, um, I want to say that I wrote down that he was like not very interesting to watch. The Chris Rock character specifically, and that he was more like a you know an admirable version of Denzel in Training Day. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's pretty much that they that dynamic that they're going for with the cop right. and the rookie cop. And um, you got a wife. She's like, you'll <laughs> once you don't see her on Christmas, she'll leave you a kid. And it's like, are we doing like some noir kind of thing? And that you know, or neo noir with Training Day and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely the kind of like that they're going for. It's like the grittiest French Connection. <laughs> <laughs> you ever did see even grittier than French Connection, but yeah, it definitely got that vibe. Um, another big angle, and you know, perhaps like a change to the series in a way, is that they cover a pretty hot button topic, which is police corruption. And you know, I mean, this is on one hand, it's a deeper and more like immediate angle for the franchise to take. It, it's not strictly relying on the whether you like the term or not, quote unquote, torture porn um, angle. But um, I think that it was, I, I thought that part was interesting. Um, but uh, what did you, what did you think about the police corruption part? Yeah. I mean, I thought that, uh, I think if, if I'm going to remember this movie down the line, which I probably won't, but like, it'll be because of that angle and, and the whole reason for this serial, for the serial killers MO um where it just felt different now of course the other saw films also dealt with that kind of like uh well actually you know jigsaw only goes after morally corrupt people so he's actually like a sick, twisted uh um uh, i don't know saint or whatever whatever you say uh so in this case when the killer is revealing his mo like okay like obviously they have a legitimate beef and uh right. I totally understand that. Um, right. And you know what? You you touched on something there. So like, yeah, obviously we've seen many corrupt people in these movies before. So people listening to this be like, oh man, they've touched on that before. Obviously they have to a certain extent. This time it feels a little bit more relevant to current news items yeah. than which, it which, has in the past. Which, yeah, which is kind of interesting because of course it was supposed to come out May of 2020. Right. Uh, but of course... Um, I do think when you are um, one, one another thing that I'll, that I'll say that is kind of a spoiler, I guess, that is interesting. And I wonder if this came about in the um, script stage is that when you do have African-American leads, then as the law authority um, and um, serial killers is not, uh, you know, uh, I think that that also makes it interesting because yes, it's relevant and topical now, you know, but of course, for certain communities, it's been there for forever, right? So, right. so, so that's I think there's that that zeitgeisty feeling of it being out in 2021. But of course, um, it kind of goes to something deeper. But the I think casting certain actors of certain races in roles that are um, almost like the reverse, I guess, of, of in some cases, if that makes sense, of uh, what we'd expect, um, right. someone unique. Um, yeah no yeah I'm, 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 I'm giving it like the benefit of the doubt like it, it, it there's no subtlety to any of this in the movie at all it right. beats me over the head with it but um you have the old you know white kind of gritty cops that are bad but you also have uh you know people of other races obviously that yeah. are not completely clean so yeah they don't really yeah pull and that's why i wondered yeah if the script had been written and then Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson were brought on? Or was it because that could have been the case? Because 
of course, some of the dialogue, like you mentioned that opening scene, I thought it laid it on too thick yeah. with uh, some of the some of the words and the, and the music and everything. I felt like, okay, we're, we're trying too hard, all right? right. Uh, Darren, Darren Lynn Bellsman needs to go back to repo the genetic opera again, all right? Calm down. <laughs> but, but eventually, I was like, okay, it seems like they may just be shoehorned into these roles and after the fact, but... Right. Well, you know, I'll get into my thoughts on some of the specific deaths in maybe our next episode um but i'll just say this I, I thought that this kind of continues the series trajectory over the last few movies of being of like getting away from the initial objective of these stories and becoming more dark like darker and it at this point and this started when costas mandalore became the guy it's less about copy and like he kind of continued on the jigsaw theme for a little bit but it became less and less about jigsaw's intentions and more about just assembling traps to make sure people die like this one in particular is more of a revenge movie than it is a giving you a choice <laughs> you know you, you like you have the choices but there it's <laughs> it's not a 50 50 choice obviously this is like a a 90 10 like you're still gonna die anyway <laughs> yeah it's, it's it, i think literally one of them is like either die or sever your spinal cord and it's like what's I, I mean that's that's not like asking me if i want chicken nuggets or a, you know I'm like yeah i mean either way i feel like oh i'm out man i'm out you know like in in some of the other saw films the reason that they couldn't escape these traps is because they were being done by these copycats right and jigsaw right. was still testing the copycats to right. see if they had moral standards. It got so muddled by that point. But, you know, that was a part of their test, right? Um, but yeah, I, I agree that um, I don't even know how you could, it, it almost like, I'm, I glad, I'm glad that it embraces literally like the game show aspect of it. Each one of these traps starts with like a siren. Right. Uh, and I'm like, okay, at least it, it's a game show essentially, right? You got 90 seconds, get out of the trap, uh, you know. I appreciate that. But. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, although we have a, like a more profound focal point to the story, like in the end though, they still do stick with the, the twist and the killer, you know, getting his comeuppance or is escaping, you know, in the end, you still have that, which kind of falls in line with the other movies. Um, so, I mean, my, my final thoughts here, Eric, whereas I would say it was better than the previous two to three installments, um, you know, in, in general, the acting, the direction, the pacing aren't as inviting or as energetic as they should be. So I would give it a thumbs down. What do you think? Yeah, I would definitely give it a thumbs down. Um, yeah, I agree with most of your points there. Uh, I, I would just say, too, that it's unfortunate that this is you mentioned all the, like the copycat killer aspect. It's like one of the coolest things I liked about the franchise is also, I feel like what was his, its nail in the coffin was that in Saw 3, they killed the bad guy. Right. And, and they stuck to it. And so I give them, I applaud them for that. The problem is they still decide to make another six movies and he's dead. Uh, so one wonders if they regret that now. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. And so, like, when you watch this film, the guy is a jigsaw copycat killer, but really he doesn't need to be. Right, exactly. It doesn't yes, matter. 
you know it, it's like it's like yes bad puns and terrible metaphors like hello agent banks you talked a lot during the movie so now you're going to talk to the movie of your death you know and it's like why are you doing these puns and metaphors like jigsaw uh you know and it's like it doesn't all you need to like it's 2021 and we still have a a grainy television set that goes on in front of the people getting killed by these traps like what are we doing like why are we why are we still what's with the fascination with pig carcasses why are we still doing this uh right. it doesn't serve any purpose to why this guy's mo doesn't correspond with jigsaw at all um, yeah no i agree it's almost like they like they had the frameworks of a story but they're like oh we have to make it somehow we have to make it more of a saw movie yeah and so they incorporate the spiral which eh, you know which i always thought of like a yin yang thing but right it's called the spiral okay. or a target but <laughs> whatever um but yeah and, and but this also embraces the uh this series loves flashbacks yes flashbacks in flashbacks in flashbacks to a guy may cough and that'll become a part of his mo at the end and it's like right. oh, Jesus. it's like it becomes like you know by the time i won't spoil it completely but by the time they explain how we heard a baby cry uh i was like you guys like enough of these like stupid it becomes they they try to go overboard with like the every detail means something you know literally like it it becomes like um the final two minutes of the usual suspects yeah where everything the guy said was a clue and only you know that at the end and it doesn't it still doesn't mean anything it's still dumb bad writing uh you know it's like come on in the in the bad editing every time you get so into a trap it like does the quick flashy editing strobe light stuff so you're not actually seeing anything but um but low budget uh but yeah i, I will say that it I, I didn't really care for all that much i will say though i actually did like the last five minutes 10 minutes um yeah because yes it ends as they always end with a twist that involves the killer getting out but this one is especially cruel uh yeah you know and i kind of like that because um that's it's what i mean cool. the last few have been very dark in that yeah room. yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it's a dark irony to it as well um right. which makes it even more cruel so i actually did enjoy that um but obviously we can we don't need to go any further with these tobin bell i think was wise to kind of just um i i'm assuming he was asked to be a part of it maybe but well, i don't know I don't that I don't know. I don't know if he was asked or not. And you know, obviously they don't use the same voice um yeah with the tapes, but uh, I've heard I've heard that he was is more than willing to explore another movie if it like focuses on the uh the puppet. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no. Know, so or the the origins of said puppet. So I mean, he's certainly willing to come back, but oh, again, I don't know how Tobin Bell looks these days, you know, but a prequel, I mean, we're talking yeah there'll be 10 movies so i mean you know the franchise is in dire strains when we're talking about an origin of the puppet right yeah Uh, that's when you know it's time to hang it up probably (laughs) that's the thing and and that's the that's the problem with a lot of horror franchises that they milk that cow until it's like there's nothing left and it's like that's what's what's left for them to explore is maybe that puppet i don't know I mean, how, how many did, more yeah, times are you that... do a copycat killer? How many more times are you going to do a I was trained by Jigsaw? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do that stuff anymore. We've had now, like, <laughs> I mean, technically, technically Jigsaw, the movie Jigsaw was like 
half trained by half copycat type thing going on there. This one's strictly a copycat. You really can only get one copycat one. Yeah. Uh, and and if you do two of them, it's like, why? Yeah. So, and Jigsaw, the previous one, almost had its cake and ate it too. It was prequel slash sequel. But you didn't know that until yeah, a flashback no. again. <laughs> yeah. All right. uh, so they've, they've really, uh, I'm sure we'll get more. And uh, we'll find out Jigsaw was actually running a for-profit college where he was training new killers. And that will be the next <laughs> 20 movies. So I've been waiting for them to be like, he faked his death. You know, I don't know how they'd be able to pull that off with how he died, but like... That's, I mean, again, like, that's what was, I, I thought was so good. Like, and then the fourth one opens with literally a lobotomy, uh, going through his guts. That was the goriest one, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It, it, was, it was almost like daring you, daring the next films to like, well, there's no way you can take this back. All right? we, yeah, see, that's the confusing part. Like, why would you write that in if you know that you're only part of this cog? Like, yeah. but it's like, nope. We're going to make sure everybody knows he's dead. Look at his guts and his rib cage. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, at the time, I thought that was really cool. And it was like a definitive statement. But of course, not definitive at all. Right. So. Well, uh, let us know what you think of Spiral, if you indeed chose to see it. I think that it comes out on demand in September, maybe sometimes September or October, one of those. Um, so let us know what you think. In the comments, like I said, give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you don't think Spotify has reviews, but you know, you could give us a review there anyway. But next week, write to their customer service department and ask for a place to write your review. <laughs> That's right. Next week, we are going to be going over our favorite and perhaps least favorite traps slash kills of the Saw franchise. So that should be fun. So for Eric. My name is Chad, and this is Dailies to Downloads. We will see you next week.